The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. This episode is sponsored by UnityVillage.org. Songwriter Karen Drucker returns to Unity Village with A Woman's Time Out Retreat, September 19th to 22nd. Learn more at UnityVillage.org forward slash events calendar. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for being with us, and I just appreciate all the feedback we get about the show and the various guests that we have that bring wonderful changes, tools rather than rules that offer insights and wisdom in which people can grow more into being an intentional spirit. As we know, life is happening around us all the time, but what is our intention towards uh, who we are what we long to be, what are our dreams and our values, and how we're lined up with that. And so it's always been my intention to bring in a tremendous guest that make us aware of various things that are very important and how to be in the world, if you will, but not of the world and how to be beyond being a healer that needs, that is wounded, that needs to be healed. And it's essential that as healers out in the world, first and foremost, that we're always working on that healing and revealment side of ourselves. And so today we have Yvonne Kay. She is a specialist with trauma and bereavement. She has worked with people all over the world and offering them techniques and counseling and training. Yvonne, Dr. Yvonne Kay, welcome to our show today. Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm delighted to be here. Well, I I loved and I was so smitten by the fact that uh, one of your mentors is Dr. Seuss. So that was like, <laughs> oh, well, she's our kind of girl. Let's have her. Oh, yes. Anybody that has Dr. Seuss as their mentor is somebody that's already a, a stage above um, <laughs> everyday life and, and drudgery. You know what I mean? <laughs> Indeed, yes, yes. He's very special, very Oh, the places will go, right? <laughs> oh, yes. Well, my favorite, when, I, when I'm teaching or training, I use uh, my favorite, which is be who you are, say what you feel, because those who mind don't matter, and those who matter don't mind. Oh. That's my favorite from him. I, you know, you could actually say that again. Could you say that again? That was so yes. powerful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be who you are, say what you feel, because those who mind don't matter. And those who matter don't mind. Love it. It's all that about is, choice. Uh, well, that's kind of the, the uh, in the nutshell, uh, the greatest wisdom that we need just on this everyday journey, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is indeed. 
Uh, so um, tell me, do you prefer that I call you Dr. K or uh, no. Yvonne? What's your preference? Yes. Yvonne. Okay. Uh, Yvonne, um, how did you get into this work and how did you become an intentional spirit? Well, it's interesting that you ask that question because I'm wondering if I started by being an unintentional spirit and then I grew into being an intentional spirit. Um, I think I really have been asked this recently so many times and when I look at what's influenced me the most in my life in terms of what I do in my work is that I'm a child of war and I was raised in the London Blitzkrieg um, and we were bombed out twice uh, almost a third time and homeless and what I saw as a child I was only six I saw the survivors that just taught me about the the power of the human spirit, the love and the power of the human spirit. And I think as a child, I looked at that and I thought, that could be, and it doesn't have to be the result of chaos every time. Because we see it. We saw in 9-11, we see it in these terrible shootings uh, that people get together and they make a difference. And I'm thinking, well, why does it have to be that way? Why can't it be that we're like that most of the time? Not all of the time because of the world mm-hmm. we live in, but most of the time. Um, and the more that I think of the word that I, work that I do, I truly believe that my work chose me. I did not choose it. And I just, I mean, in every kind of disaster you can think of, I work with the parents of murdered children. Um, I work with prisoners. I work with addicts, recovering addicts, all those things that seem hopeless. And yet my experience in that war has given me some kind of sense of purpose that I like to share with people. So that's how I ended up there. Mm. I, I, I love what, what you're saying because you're so right. Um, often people respond to the mega events or, or the ones that are, you know, getting the most attentiveness in front of the television screen. But there are events that are happening every day just as we're going up and down the road that we can, you know, make a difference. I, I love that part of your homepage on Yvonne K, that's K-A-Y-E, that you have a, a prayer section. And you offer prayer. I heard a story many years ago when I was in ministerial school of um, Dr. Holmes, and he was the founder of the Science of Mind movement, the teaching of the Science of Mind, the movement of now what is known as the Centers for Spiritual Living. And he was mentoring uh, one of his up-and-coming associates, and they were going through a neighborhood and the homes were somewhat dilapidated and uh, the toys were broken in the front yard and things like that. And he said to his apprentice, because his apprentice says, oh, such tragedy and, you know, look at those poor situations and, you know, the poverty. And Ernest Holmes says, this is going to become your project. I want you to pray that they will discover uh, not only be aware of the absence of love, but they will discover true love. And so his apprentice then took on this entire neighborhood and prayed for it and held it in a space of a higher vibration. And over time, of course, the neighborhood changed. And I've been doing that 
since I was in my late 20s, if I drive by a neighborhood and I see, because you can tell where there's lack of love or energy, oh, yeah. right? Or yeah. care. Yes. And mm-hmm. it's powerful uh, to do that. So I love the the fact that you are giving the down-to-earth uh, philosophy. As I like to say, uh, don't ever let your spirituality replace your common sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right? I love that. I really like that very much. Yes. You're my kind of person. <laughs> Sometimes when people float off, I say, you know, you ask God to do this and God to do that. But, you know, he, she, it, whatever, wants you to do the footwork. Yes. Just hasn't got the time to do everything. You have to do it, too. You've got to be part of this. Like the example you gave with the broken toys. The evidence is right there in your face. So do something with it. Yeah, do do something right, um, you know, to and fro. And um, there's all kind of just little and small uh, that wind up to be the profound ways. Um, like you're saying, we don't have to wait for the extreme tragedies and the mm-hmm. most devastating traumas to be attentive to our lives yeah. and actually okay. to to do our work. Well, I know that you... Um, do you teach uh, programs on how people can handle trauma and, and bereavement? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, what I do, I work with the people who are going through that. I work with the first responders, uh, veterans, people who have post-traumatic stress disorder. I still have a bit of it from from the war, uh, even mm-hmm. all those years ago. So I can communicate with them, but then I like to train the people who are working with them, the counselors and the support systems. Um, because when people talk about grief, most times they immediately think of death. But loss is so much bigger than that. And when we talk about loss, it's amazing the amount of things that come up in terms of loss rather than the end of life. Like even something like a a person with cancer losing their hair, that's a loss. And people don't think about those things. They're, they're again, on the bigger issues. But, you know, I, I think sometimes, and I, I, I'm sure you do too, that if every person took care of their small corner of the world, what a different place this would be. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about, and I'm really impressed by that story with the broken toys, obviously, <laughs> You can mm-hmm. hear that. Um, mm-hmm. That that's, might seem minuscule in comparison to wars and whatever, but the fact that that was taken care of in that neighborhood made all the difference. And I, I believe that if people would stop looking so much at the bigger picture all the time because that kind of nullifies the smaller picture. And these little small things really turn into answers that we don't think we have. So people taking care of their families, their loved ones, their workplace, their environment, their community, that sums up into the world. But, but because people can't do the whole big thing, then they don't take care of that, which is sad. Well, they, they don't. It winds up that they, they well, it's rare that they, they do anything. And it's mm-hmm. like so many people in my humble but willing um opinion is that you know so many people tune into uh 
tune into the news that just gives you splashes of drama, you know, mm-hmm. and what people don't realize is that they've studied Google Analytics. They know if they put any story about a shark that that's what people are going to click on. So that makes right. their paper popular. You know, that kind of stuff and, and the Mm -hmm. trauma, the, the downside of that, even though people might argue that it's informative is that we have no control over it. You know, nobody calls me and asks me, are you okay if we continue to have war temple? How do you feel about Mm -hmm. that? I don't really get a vote. I get a consciousness that I develop around it. I get the ability to teach people in a subtle way how I feel about it. But where I get a vote, and that's what I love about your work and the practicality about it, is I get a vote with the with the wars that are just going on in my neighborhood. Because yes. kids that don't feel loved by their parents or a parent has lost a job or their parents are on drugs and alcohol, that's war to them. And it I, is. Mm-hmm. And actually, you're talking to one of those kids because mm-hmm. that's you, my You history. are too. Just saying, you uh, are too. One that was not <laughs> loved or wanted or cared for. And that's why my major, uh, my the most person that impressed me the most in terms of mentor was Dr. Victor Frankl. Um, he is my primary mentor. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he wrote this phenomenal book called Man's Search for Meaning, mm-hmm. which was written in Auschwitz concentration camp, the fourth camp he'd been in. His mother, father, brother, and pregnant wife had perished in other camps. And he could write in that book, people make conscious decisions on the way they feel. And first of all, I didn't get it. That was where I was in those years ago. And then suddenly something clicked. And I thought to myself, if he can say that in a concentration camp where he has no rights, where he's brutalized, where he's separated from his loved ones, then out in the free world, surely I can do that. And my whole life now has been devoted to choice, making choices. And that lovely phrase, which I did not create, but I wish I had, and that is, it's not what life gives you, it's what you do with what life gives you. And I connect that with Dr. Frankel. And so I proudly talk of myself as a Franklin <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'm a Franklin. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and, really and then you get Franklin. to say, let me be frank with you because I'm a Franklin. <laughs> there you go. See, you've extended me already. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. That's um, that's a great branding imprint just just right there. Well, you know, the the thing that is interesting and you're talking about, you know, people um, handling their feelings and, and things is that what we know is what we're healed towards is what makes a difference in our lives, not what we turn away from. And so what we see often is the unresolved feelings, they come out often in much different ways. Um, in the, and I'm much more interested in having uh, to hear you say, you know, about what you're talking about. Um, and I wanted, would love to dabble into this in our next segment with you because I've seen it so many times. Like, for example, um, women are not supposed to show that they're angry because that makes them more aggressive. But yet, yeah. so they walk around sad and all cheery and more passive and apologetic mm-hmm. and poor little me. Where is if they deal with the true issue and the feelings called anger, 
I find they catapult to the next level uh, exponentially, uh, just like in amazing ways. But they they are denying the real feelings that they're having because they grew up in a culture of their okayness or, or not okayness. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's, it's a very powerful message. And when people, men and women, really have that reality of their own self-worth and their own ability to make choices, it's like looking at a miracle. It's like looking at a flower, a bud that's just blossoming, where we can give them guidance, but when they get it themselves, that is just phenomenal. And I'm awed. I'm, I'm overawed with my, especially my bereaved parents, some of whom I don't know how they get out of bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, their courage, their love of other people who are in pain and grief. It's just astonishing. It's something I can't really describe. And that self-awareness is something that really makes a huge difference, not only to them and their families, but for other people also. I mean, that's why 12-step programs are so successful, because people understand each other, they feel safe together. And as you said, I mean, I have a high respect for the emotion of anger. I really do. And... uh, if, you, if we turn it around, rather than being aggressive, to be assertive or to just understand what's going on, miracles happen. But as you say, our Western culture says, no, 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 women can't be angry. No, but it's not ladylike, it's not fine. And then what happens? It internalizes and it turns into resentment. So resentments are killers for everybody. So I, you know, I hear, I understand what you're saying, and I concur completely. And if people could learn that every emotion means something individually, it really is there for a reason, and learn how to use it. I, I had the privilege of being trained by Dr. Elizabeth Kubler Ross and Dame Cicely Saunders, who's the founder of Hospice, and those women were just icons. And still are, from what I learned. Oh, yeah. and that's what they thought. What you feel is what needs to be addressed. And that's what you're saying, and that's what you do. It's um, it's huge, isn't it? It's absolutely, it's so significant. Well, we're hanging on to every word. And I am now speaking with, if you're just coming on, Dr. Yvonne Kay. She is a trauma and bereavement specialist. She has much to offer us in the way of improving our ability to be human in the midst of allowing ourselves to spiritually develop powerful conversation we're having today i want to thank all of you who continue to make your contributions to unity online radio it's because of you that we are in 130 plus countries now that people are listening to our shows all over the world which is a true gift to get our message out in the world i'm temple hayes and we'll be right back after this short break
If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone. We're talking about one of the most important conversations that anyone needs to have in their lives, not only to have a healthy life, but to model to our children the importance and values of that. We have this entire part and element of our being called feelings. Our creator thought enough of us to give them to us, and so we, in turn, think enough of our creator in order to experience them so that we can transcend to a greater sense of life. Um, I'm talking today with Dr. Yvonne Kay and you know, Dr. Kay, the, one of the things that I, that I realized, I mean, like you, I was, uh, very traumatized as a child and you know, all that. And so we fast tracked past that to a place that said, and then I found a community that I could get really invested and involved in a spiritual pursuit. 
I was mm-hmm. always spiritual, always metaphysical, but actually found a place to participate and to practice. It's kind of like being a, a baseball player without a team. You know what I mean? Right. You can, yes, you can I visualize do. that you're going to be really good at baseball, but there's something really neat and significant when you find a team that you can actually grow with. And so I really set out, quite frankly, uh, to to create a place that I would replace my humanity and I would become this spiritual enlightened person and overcome all the issues and challenges and problems of the world. And what I realize in my quest is that the more spiritual, in other words, the more I practiced with my own spiritual evolution, the more human I became. Yes, indeed. I agree. I can sit in the midst of any human being now. I can tune into their feelings, and I can Mm -hmm. sit and just, it's like a a hose pipe, if you will. Um, Mm -hmm. I can begin to sob because I can feel their inner unclaimed and unnamed grief. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it is something that you can't really explain. It just is. People ask me, well, how did you know that about me? How did you know I I just lost someone in a divorce or death or whatever? And it's just a sense. And I think part of it is that, in my case anyway, I tend to ignore my brain, which sometimes gets in the way for me, and go with my gut. And every time I've gone with my gut, I've never regretted it. I've never made a mistake with that gut of mine. So, and is it risk-taking? Yes, it is risk-taking. But then I have a background of risk and also people who love me completely and with whom I can discuss anything. And, And that's a huge part of spirituality, you know, the support when you talked about your community. I have a friend in Canada. Her name is Jill. And... We've been friends since I was three years old, went through the Blitz and all that. She she went to Canada and I came to the States um, in adult life. And she's one of those people who knows me and accepts me completely. And I think everybody needs someone like that in their lives. A spirit, yes, but a person who can respond or just listen in terms of grief and loss or anything else, joy, happiness is absolutely vital to well-being. And the other part of spirituality and recovery from this that I wanted to mention, because I think is this is the biggest unrecognized healer on the planet, and that's humor, the power of laughter, laughing with, not laughing at. And you'd be surprised when I go into meetings of the Compassionate Friends, which is an organization for families, friends, parents who've lost children to death, I'm always greeted with laughter, and it's there as a part of their recovery. It's like Nora Roberts says, you know, overcoming is not the same as getting over. And that's um, a very powerful lesson for everyone to understand, especially those of us who work with people who are going through whatever they're going through. That, no, maybe you won't ever forget it, but you can overcome. You can move on in your own time. Not what everybody else tells you you should be doing. So I don't know where I went with that, but I went there. <laughs> and, 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 and in a, a profound and, and necessary place, absolutely. Um, 
it's like you and I were saying earlier, we, we could go at this all day because it's so refreshing to, to take ownership in who we are. You know, and I, I was talking about this not too long ago in a, a talk here at our spiritual campus. And I said, a lot of times the teachers will teach you the formula, a thought plus a feeling equals an action or a thought plus a feeling equal a manifestation. But mm-hmm. how, how we gloss over that feeling part, <laughs> which yeah, is half the, scary, half the isn't equation. It for a lot of people? It's half the equation. Um, mm-hmm. And what uh, depths and, and and energy that that people will go through just to to avoid you know any any kind of feelings. Well, you were talking when we first started about how we identify grief and loss. Is is that often if you talk about grief and grief and loss, some people's first response will be, "I've never really lost anybody close to me," because they're referring to a physical death. Physical death yeah. is very very painful to us, of course, but yet it it's not um, something that we had control over in any way. Um, there are so many other levels of, of, of grief, and you, you were talking about uh, loss of hair, for example, yes. mm-hmm. uh, loss of job, um, loss of dreams. Uh, yes. you, you fill in the gaps because this is your... This is your expertise, but talk to, to us about some of those. Well, I said it, you know, it, it's a vast subject loss. I felt I went through all the grief that we're talking about when I left my country. And people moved to other neighborhoods. Children go to different schools and they have to leave all their friends behind them. That's a loss. Losing your job, losing your income, losing your home. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of things that people don't put in that category and by not putting it in that category they're not empathetic they're not sympathetic it's like well get over it well there's some things that take a long time to get over and some things that they don't get over i'm thinking of when i went to walter reed hospital originally and i i've trained staff at the veterans administration in in, on many many subjects that level of loss, when those men and women come back injured and they really, really cannot do what they did before, that is a major loss, a loss of dignity, a loss of capability. All these things come under that word. And I believe that if people fully understood it better, there would be more compassion in the world, for one thing, and more practical assistance by looking at people whose experiences in their life has altered what they can and cannot do. I'm not just talking about the aging process, but people who have severe post-traumatic stress disorder. That isn't something that just goes away. It needs treatment. It needs support. It needs options. All right, so you couldn't do this, what you did before, but you could do this. Mm-hmm. And I find a lot of people as if if things change to that extent, then they give up. And once they give up, it's quite a job to get them back on track. We can do that, but it takes a lot of work. And I'm a preventionist at heart, so I like to do things before it gets bad so that we can at least offer some kind of um, solace, some kind of direction, hope, share experiences, I mean, my life is an open book. I'll share all of it with whoever needs to hear it to see that I overcame that. 
not because I'm a special person, but because opportunities presented themselves and I took them. I was, when I speak to a lot of recovering people in, in rehabs, um, and I say to them, you know, nobody called me and said, oh, Yvonne, we really, really like you. So we're going to give you a PhD. <laughs> I said, no, I was a single parent. I worked full time, raised my children, all four of them, put myself through school while working. So if I can do it, and this is my constant message to people, if I can do it, so can you. Yeah. And I believe that. And I think people take their strength, their courage from hearing that somebody who had been through dire circumstances could do something with, with his or her life. And you mentioned the word before when you spoke in the, in, in the former segment. You used the word victim. Mm-hmm. And I have to say that drives me nuts. The only uh-huh. victim I see are children who are abused. And animals that are abused, that are helpless and can't take care of themselves. But others, you can actually do something. You can be a victim for a while. I was a victim for years, so I know what being a victim's like. But then the time comes when you realize there's Dr. Zeus. Do what you can and be who you are, say what you feel, and then you take that and run with it. And I believe anyone can do anything they put their mind to. I, I agree with you. It, it's like we say, you know, get off the cross, honey. They need the wood. It's like, you know, please, you know, or, or shall we write yet another country music song for you today? Um, you know, because there comes a time that it's like, it's, it's, it's like, um, I like to say when you blame, you cannot claim. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and, and you can't, you, you can't claim your empowerment, your deeper, your inner wisdom, your treasures and your tools and be an intentional spirit while at the t- same time it's everything in, in every, you know, one else's fault. Um, so, I mean, I think one of the things too when you're talking about, about children is that children, um, they need to be involved with our, our grieving. With our with yes. our trauma, um, because when we start protecting them from, oh, we don't want them to see this or experience this. I'm talking about, you know, when we're when we're crying because our cousin died. I'm not talking yeah. about putting them in front of bang bang, shoot them up, and you know, teaching them, you know, all. Mm-hmm. We won't even go there. Exactly. Yeah, we won't even go there. But but I think it's important that they they experience that oh uh mom or dad is sad because um you know, cousin Amy uh has cancer and mm-hmm. I'm going through the loss of those feelings and stuff like that. I think it's so important that kids see us modeling um, those parts so that it's natural for them, not something that's a foreign matter. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I say to people all the time, um, you know, parents, like it or not, you're a role model. Like it or not. And so if you're going to have this stiff upper lip nonsense and not let your children see that things are real, I mean, give them a choice, obviously. But, for example, all right, going to a loved one's funeral, something of that nature, gives them a choice. Tell them what it's going to be like. Would you like to go or would you not like to go? And, and that is very important because 
children um, have to know, and they, they do this with pets, of course, that life and death is a reality. And then what you have in life is that what you need to make something of that life, of that time. But to hide the fact that there's, there are grief things in our lives, there are things that make us angry, things that make us sad, uh, that's unfair to the child because when they're out in the world on their own, how do they, how do they cope? It's like parents who constantly go to teachers to whine and complain about they're not doing a good job on their children. What's going to happen when that child goes to college and mummy and daddy's not there? What happens when that child goes out in the world and mum can't show up and tell the boss they're not treating her little one right? They're not preparing children for the world. And I think that's pretty sad. Mm -hmm. So all the emotions are extremely important. and to explain them too, as you said, to explain them. Yeah, because you know what what's going on now is we are just training the intellect. You know, mm-hmm. uh, little kids are going in fourth and fifth grade with you know fourteen books and getting the highest scores, uh, yeah. rather than the element of being out in nature, being exposed mm-hmm. to what's natural and innate and creative and and the uh, the arts as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so yep. so important. You're, you're so right. You're so right about that. And I think we overlook the reality of of teaching children about the world. And the other thing is, this is this is a people laugh at this, but it's true. If I go out to lunch with my grandchildren, the cell phones are turned off and they're put away. And people say, well, that's a bit bossy. And I said, I don't care. They can't afford to spend an hour with their grandmother without the phones or texting each other across the table. You know, simple things like that, that that adults can make a stand about what is acceptable and what is not. Because these children are surrounded by technology all the time. Half of them don't even know how to spell anymore because it's all text dictionary, mm-hmm. which I don't understand. I have to confess, I do not understand that. So I might be just like an older person who's being annoying here. <clears throat> but that's the rule. You know, you want to come out with me? It's me or the self. And uh, it gives them a chance to look at their priorities. Because they know, they know me well enough to know if you don't want to put the phone down and you don't want to come out for lunch, fine. Whatever. Which is my favorite. I have to tell you this. My favorite word is whatever. And a patient once bought me a pair of earrings. One said what and the other said ever. <laughs> so now I can, I can wear my word in my ears if I choose to and just point to my ears. <laughs> it's a great word, isn't it? It's a isn't great it? word. Well, I, you know I admire that, you for teaching them about being well, present yeah. and, and what matters. And because I think that uh, what you're modeling, and in my own opinion, is that what intimacy really is. It's like I'll mm-hmm. have people call me sometimes and say, I haven't seen you in so long. I would love to take you out to a really nice restaurant in town. Which one would you want to go to? And I say... I don't want to go to a restaurant. Right. And they're like, what? And I said, well, if I haven't seen you for a long time, exactly. and we're going to share from a feeling heart perspective, I don't want yes. to go to a restaurant where they're going to 
really try to make sure we have a good time and that we're real happy customers, but we're going to be so interrupted, we won't even yes. get to have a conversation. Uh, that's why right. don't you just come to my home? Um, that's mm-hmm. another fascinating thing about uh, feelings and loss is the loss of intimacy just that we have in with each other, you know, with mm-hmm. friendships. I'm not just yes. uh, addressing romantic love for sure. No. But all the way across the board is that ability to be present and really uh, be in each other's heart space. It's, it's pretty mm-hmm. fascinating. It is. And, and I'm a wordsmith. I just love words. And I love the Greek definition of the word intimacy, which is to be without fear. Mm. I just love that. Um, I say that when I'm speaking sometimes to people and, and I say, what, what's intimacy? What does our culture talk about intimacy? And then I tell them the root of the word, to be without fear. And it just makes a whole difference in the way that they view their relationships. But it doesn't have to be what you said, romantic, sexual, whatever it can be, that I can express how I feel with you without fear. And I just love that. Mm, I just love very, it. I love words. That is mm. very, very powerful. Thank you for giving me that today. I really love that. I'm going to do some work on that one myself. <laughs> I'm talking with uh, Dr. Yvonne Kay. She is a bereavement and trauma specialist helping people all over the world. She does keynotes. Um, she does counseling. She does training. You can go to her website, Yvonne Kay. That's K-A-Y-E. And find out more about her and her tremendous work. We'll be right back after this short break. Remember that if you love these conversations, you can go to unitycampus.org or templehays.com for a splash of more. Thank you for being with us. wellness expert, Dr. Michelle Robin on healthy living. In the game of wellness, there's some basic habits that you need to embrace in order to live a well life. In her book, Wellness on a Shoestring, Robin shows you that complete wellness of body, mind, and spirit doesn't have to cost a fortune. Client Eddie Penrice turned his health around with Dr. Robin's Seven Habits for a Healthy Life. I've got to say my body just embraced the change. Besides feeling better, looking better, thinking more clearly. Many of Robin's seven habits for a healthy life are simple and free. She offers tips and shares real stories from clients like Eddie, who've incorporated the habits into their lives and seen the results. You can make this change by being convicted that you will do it. That you don't need anyone else's assistance or help to do it. Make this the year you get healthy. Discover a low-cost, attainable path to feeling better than ever. Order wellness on a shoestring today at www.shopunity.org. Ever notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
We now return to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone. And wow, what a great conversation we're having today. This is the kind of conversation that you want to forward to your family and your friends. It's a simple upload of an MP3 file, and people can listen to it while they're jogging, walking, uh, doing other things, and, um, of course, paying attention while you're driving. We always like to say that. But this is the kind of conversation that many people need to be in today uh, with where we are headed in our in our human suits on this planet. Um, Yvonne, talk yeah. to us about recovery from the loss, the trauma, uh, the deep grief. Well, of course, grief is different to everybody. Um, people grieve differently, and I always like to tell people that, particularly in close relationships that maybe with the death of a child, the father will grieve in a different way to the mother. Um, and it's a question of them understanding that rather than saying he or she doesn't care as much as I do because that can cause major problems. So I think the most important thing is to be open, to be able to find people who you can share your feelings with and whom you can listen to in return. That's very crucial. I mentioned briefly the compassionate friends, and I've been associated with them since 1982. And they uh, came about by a chaplain in an English hospital, and there were three young mothers who had stillborn babies, and there was just nowhere, nowhere they could go, no one they could talk to. And around a a kitchen table, they discussed their feelings and so on, and now it's international. The Compassionate Friends is now an international organization that families, friends, parents, grandparents of the child can go. It's free of charge um, and find people that they can relate to. And it's so important for people to understand that not everybody is going to get it. I mean, I go to the veterans support group because I still have post-traumatic stress disorder to an extent, and they understand. They're not going to say to me, still? After all these years, they get it. And so in terms of recovery, people need, if they need counseling, go to counseling. Make sure it's a grief counselor. We are different, a grief and bereavement specialist. Um, And if it's an addiction, then go to AA or any of those support groups and go to a counselor if you need more than a 12-step program, more than a support program, then do that. and, and realize that the friends that you have that are with you are like gold dust. Like I mentioned Jill in Canada, and she is gold dust to me, and I am to her. And I have several people. You don't have to have a lot of people in your life. You can have a lot of friends and acquaintances, but the special, special people where you can share everything that's going on, whether it's sad or glad or funny or serious, and they understand it. That is absolutely crucial in any kind of recovery. Um, Taking courses, reading books, watching some films or something on the subject, that's all very helpful. But the the most important thing is, again, the intimate part, to be without fear of sharing what's going on. A lot of times people in our position, I'm talking about me, who has been the person who people would go to, I had a job, a real trial, 
reaching out when it was my turn, when, when John was diagnosed and my daughter was diagnosed, my grandson was diagnosed, my sons-in-law were diagnosed, for me to say, I need you to listen to me now. And that's where the real friendship really showed itself. So there are people like that out there, and try not to let your pride of being able to cope with everything like I did. Um, set that aside. And whatever spirituality you have, use it. And if you question spirituality, think of it. The Greek word for spirituality is spiritus, and it simply means breathe. And if you can breathe, then you have spirit. If things take your breath away, you have spirit. It's so important that you look at your individuality and know that you are capable of recovery from just about anything. The only thing is, we don't know the time. We have no day. Everybody is different. Some people recover fairly quickly and other people it takes a while. It doesn't matter if it's not better or it's not worse. It just is. So find the people that you can open your soul to and you'll see a huge difference. And the practicality of that is that you can look within yourself to know what it is that you need in order to bring you some kind of joy, be it brief, some kind of joy, embrace it. That's what's important. The other thing that's very important too, especially in terms of of grief and loss, is if you feel that the, the person or the country or whatever it is that you have lost is still there spiritually and that you can lean back and just rest on it. That's the practical side. Don't let anybody talk you out of this. But if you share it with people who don't understand it, they're going to say, well, how do you know that? It doesn't matter. My beloved cousin Lawrence was murdered when he was 20 years old, and I was nine, and he was my protector. And when I feel disconsolate at times, I can lean right back, and he's right there. I can't tell you why or how. I just know it is. So don't de- don't be defensive about anything that you think you sense. If you if you've lost a child, you've lost someone you love very much, and you think you see them in the mall, then you've seen them in the mall. It doesn't hurt. It hurts if you tell it to somebody who's going to question you. So that's where I am with that. Mm. Anything else can I say? <laughs> I don't know. With somebody like you, I can go on, on and on and on and on and on. So I don't want to go on and on and on and on if I'm not making. Too much you are. Sense right you're now. right on. You're right on point, and you couldn't be making any any more sense than than what you are. I I love that, and it it's just so the work that you're doing is just so powerful and and so needed i want to remind everyone that through yvonne k's website dr yvonne k k with an e on the end that you can uh access uh she's available she speaks at colleges and universities and places all over uh, but more importantly uh, if she's not traveling on the road, you can stay in touch with her through her wisdom on the website and stay connected with her in that way. Um, do you write articles also, Yvonne? I'm just going back into that. I did, but okay. thanks to my friend Edie, who introduced me to you, Edie Weinstein, who is oh, a brilliant yes, writer. Yes. 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 Uh, 
she's helping me, encouraging me to do more writing and get published. But the other thing is that people can email me. It's on my webpage. If they're struggling with something, the safest way is to email me, and I will definitely respond within 24 hours. And say your email again. I R R E V R E V at Comcast dot net. Okay. I, it's short, I'm an interfaith minister too, and um, it's short for irreverent reverent because that's what I am. I love that. You go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I shall. I shall have you in mind, and I'll keep galloping along here. Yes, please keep galloping along. And please tell Edie, thank you so much for bringing us together. And I'd I'd love to book you again this year and us to talk more. So please um, contact my executive producer so we can get you on the show again, okay? That would be delightful. I would love that. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been my pleasure and many blessings to you and your walk right now that you're going through with your beloved John and, uh, we'll hold you in that, in that grace and immerse you in that, in that energy field of, of that you. presence of spirit being with you. So thank you again for being on our show and thank you for everyone for listening and continuing to share our show with all your friends on social media. Really love and appreciate all that you are and all that you are in becoming. Uh, Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. Every moment we live can be holy, and all we need to do to experience that state is to make the decision to do so. Everything we do can be a prayer, and by using our innate creativity with intention, in every aspect of our lives, that can indeed be true. Author Carla Kincannon wrote, Creativity is so much more than art making. It is a tool for navigating through everyday experiences to find the sacred in each God-given moment. Discover Creative Spirit, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time, and experience the joy of connecting to spirit through creative expression. may happen around you, things may happen to you, but the only things that really count are the things that happen in you. This meditative moment from Reverend Eric Butterworth is brought to you by Unity.
Reverend Paulette's mantra is, It's all a prayer. Tune in every Tuesday as Unity Minister Paulette Pipe leads you in meditation and prayer on touching the stillness. Make no mistake, this is not nap time. With an energy that will captivate you, touching the stillness will guide you in deep meditation, leaving you enlivened. Hear astounding meditations and learn more about different forms of meditation. Enrich your prayer life as Reverend Paulette, Senior Minister of Touching the Stillness Ministries, affirmatively prays with power and authority by taking live prayer requests from callers like you. Whether you have a prayer request for yourself or for a loved one or are ready for a deepened meditation experience, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, where we'll be joining in consciousness with the unceasing prayer activity of the Silent Unity 24-7 Prayer Ministry at Unity Village. That's Touching the Stillness with Reverend Paulette Pipe every Tuesday right here on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Letting go in the Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Reverend Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us, and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.